Hey team, thanks for tuning in to the Space She Takes podcast, the podcast designed for people who want to start honouring all things you and honouring the space you take in the world. I'm your host, Teeks. I don't know why, because all I'm doing is talking into a computer, but I literally like, I feel nervous. I have like anxiety in the pit of my stomach. I um, I guess before we kind of get started into the episode, um, the reason that I wanted to start this is I have been lacking a focus, passion, I don't know, for, forever now. And I've had this idea of starting a podcast for probably the last two years. I've kind of like jokingly toyed with the idea with a couple of friends and it's never really gone anywhere or like eventuated and I think that with coronavirus and lockdown and isolation and really missing having that passion that I just like I wanted to put my effort into something I haven't been in a position in my personal life or my professional life in a long time to really help people and that's something that I'm really passionate about I like to I don't know make an impact make a difference I feel like I'm helping people and I really just haven't had the chance to do that in such a long time so um, you know to kind of introduce you to the Space She Takes podcast that's kind of what this is going to be about it's going to be about helping myself having a bit of a conversation um, inviting others in to have a conversation and really just kind of looking at you know, honoring the space that we take, being okay with the space that we take, acknowledging our own self-worth and our own importance and kind of looking at how we can take more ownership of that. So for today's podcast, basically what we're going to be talking about, and it's kind of Melbourne-centric, like it really is, you know, if you're not in Melbourne um, or somewhere else in the world, if I happen to have any international uh, listeners, um, somewhere else in the world where you've kind of been exposed to that prolonged lockdown and that prolonged isolation. So I'm in Melbourne, as most of you who are listening will know. And, you know, we've basically been in some state of lockdown since the, really the middle of March. Um, I personally went into lockdown really, really um, soon. I was in lockdown before lockdown was even really kind of a thing. And so it's kind of been, you know, a solid six months of lockdown. And I know that from talking with a lot of my friends and some of my family that this is kind of this expectation that we'd be okay and that we'll achieve all these great things we'll learn a new language read 20 books um, get our summer bod that there's so many things that are just kind of like expected and and thrust upon us and you know we, we go on Facebook and we see these paint by numbers and these you know arts and crafts and like just people killing it and I don't know about you guys but I'm not killing it like I'm not it's just lockdown is hard isolation is hard prolonged lockdown has been probably the hardest thing I think I've ever had to experience in my life it's just yeah I don't know like it's, it's really tricky and so I kind of wanted to talk today about surviving not thriving I got this idea from a very good friend of mine um, who actually made a blog post about you know, giving yourself permission to not feel like you have to achieve all these things. Um, I've been thinking it for a while as well because I feel like all these celebrities posted these like, you know, glamorous things that they were doing and like influencers and people that would follow on social media and I was just looking at them thinking, I, I just don't have the emotional capacity, I don't have the energy, 
you know, thriving is kind of the last thing that I really could even think about right now. Like it's just so far from reality for me. And so I've been doing a little bit of research. Now I must preface this by saying I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a social worker. I'm not a counselor. Um, All I have is access to Dr. Google and some lived life experience. But essentially what we're going through right now is trauma. And I know it's not trauma how you would ordinarily think of trauma. It's not, you know, a violent act or we haven't been exposed to something significant that you would associate trauma with. But the reality is, is that this is such an alteration to our reality. It's such an alteration to the way that we would live our life that it actually is, um, it is trauma. And exposed trauma can have a pretty significant impact on the brain and a pretty significant impact on how you kind of respond to things as well. And so some of the things um, that can be associated with a trauma response, things like exhaustion, anxiety, sadness, depression, etc. The list kind of goes on. So for me, I think it was really helpful to know that how I've been feeling and how exhausted and tired I've been feeling wasn't just laziness. It wasn't just me taking advantage of like, you know, not being able to go anywhere. I wasn't struggling to get out of bed because I was lazy. I've been struggling to get out of bed because I have been in a state of trauma for the last six months and my body just doesn't really know how to respond to that. So I think, you know, if you're like me and you've been struggling and you've been in a space where things aren't okay and, you know, your anxiety is at a heightened level, your depression is at a heightened level, your coping skills, your emotional regulation, your tolerance, man, I think my tolerance has ever been this low in my entire life. But if that's the case for you, like it's okay. It's okay to feel like that. And I want you guys to give yourself permission. And I want me to give myself permission to feel like that. I know that for me personally, I always feel like there's this pressure to be okay. There's this pressure to feel like you're coping or that you're not struggling as much as you actually are or that things are, I don't even, I don't even know. Like I don't even know where the pressure comes from or who kind of puts that pressure onto us. But I know that I probably spent the first if I'm honest, the first four to five months of lockdown being like, you know, everything's okay. We're going to get out of this. It's not going to be that bad. And then it's really been in the last six to eight weeks as the situation in Melbourne has obviously not gotten better and significantly worsened and lockdowns have tightened up that I realized just how much I wasn't okay. And I think from talking to a couple of friends that I wasn't the only one that people were struggling. And these are people who, typically speaking, have incredible resilience, have incredible strength, you know, are able to regulate and manage their emotions. And then all of a sudden, they just weren't. And they just didn't know how to be or how to cope or how to explain how they were feeling or anything. And that's definitely the space that I've been in. You know, I am someone who... You know, when things go wrong, I'm that pillar of calm. Like when there's a when there's an incident, you come to me and I, I sort things out and I help things and I work things out and I make a plan. You know, when there's when there's drama in a friendship group, you come to me and I, I mediate and I, you know, de-escalate. When there's problems at work, you know, I'm an incident responder. So I'm I'm someone that is, you know, pretty comfortable with being uncomfortable and pretty comfortable with having to you know, mediate or de-escalate a situation. And then suddenly I can't even de-escalate my emotions. You know, there's been days where literally getting out of bed just felt like the hardest thing in the world because I just didn't have the capacity or the energy or the strength or even the want to kind of fix it. And that feels a little bit 
shameful when you're normally someone who is strong, when you're normally someone who is looked to to kind of manage a situation or manage a moment. And I think that, uh, you know, that that change in my own identity was what I was probably struggling with. Plus the like the expectations like I would see on Facebook, like my friends doing these incredible art projects and, you know, like doing these home workouts and like cooking sourdough and just doing all these amazing things. And there's me being like, so is the delivery driver going to remember my order and my name today? Because that's where I'm at with life right now. And so my friend M had written this incredible blog piece Um titled 10 Steps to Surviving Isolation Alone. And whilst it was aimed at people who are currently living independently, they don't have their partners or their friends or their family around them, it really kind of resonated with me just how much pressure we've been putting ourselves under to be more than what our brain has capacity for right now. And I guess like, I feel like I've kind of said it a couple of times now, but it really is about acknowledging just what we've been, what we've gone through. Like it's a global pandemic Our entire lives have changed. The entire world has changed. We've been cut off from our friends, from our family, from our loved ones. If you're lucky, you're still working. But even then, the way that you work has significantly altered. If you're unlucky, you've lost your financial freedom, your welfare dependence, you're relying on friends and family. There's just there's so much that has just changed in such a short period of time. You know, six months in the grand scheme of things is really it's just a blip, but it's it's been so impactful to so many of us and you know here in Melbourne obviously we've uh, faced the impacts for even longer than other states so you know we've got friends and family who are in other states who are in other countries who are living their best life they're out and about and they can go to pubs and they can go to restaurants and they can see their friends and we're locked in by 9 p.m with a curfew not able to leave a five kilometer bubble like there's just so much about our life that has so significantly changed that I just don't think anyone is really talking about those impacts and how we're all individually coping with that because there's that assumption you know with the rose-colored social media glasses on that everyone's okay and that everyone's doing okay kind of feel like you're a bit of an outlier if you're the one that says oh actually guys like not doing so good right now like you kind of feel like you're the one with a problem or you're the one that is doing something wrong or not not looking after yourself properly or you know did I miss the memo? Should I be doing something else? Should I be trying this? Like, what is it about me that is is making this so hard for me? And I just lack, I've done a lot of soul searching. I've done a lot of reflection. I've done a lot of Googling. I've read a lot of blogs, listened to a lot of podcasts. And I just think that it really is about acknowledging that it's a trauma response and it's okay to not be okay. And if you are struggling, like, I don't know, guys, I, like, I don't, I don't have the answers. And that's the thing, like, this podcast isn't, about me giving the answers but it's about me exploring what I'm trying what works for me what doesn't work for me you know how I process things how you might be able to process things but I think it's just about giving us space to not be okay and I know that's a bit of a foreign concept because particularly in Australian culture you know we're larrikins we're chill we're relaxed we have fun we like to make jokes about things and then all of a sudden when things get a little bit serious, people get a little bit uncomfortable, they don't really know how to process that, they don't know how to have that conversation and all of a sudden you've got an entire state of people for six months straight who aren't doing okay and none of us really knows how to respond to ourselves but also to everyone else around us as well. 
So I'm a little bit inspired by my friend M here and her blog post. And I kind of came up with a bit of a, a list of 10 things for myself that I want to share with you guys. You know, I actually wrote this down in, in my notes in my phone and I've kind of been adding to it as the weeks have gone past since I uh, planned to record this and haven't recorded this. And I think that, you know, we're, we're, we're looking like we're on the outside of this now. Our numbers are dropping you know, it's the 21st of August today. I think we only had 14 cases today. We only had 21 cases yesterday. Our average has dropped. We're almost, I think we're below 35 in terms of our averages right now. And, you know, we are looking for that that step two phase. You know, regional Melbourne is already at, or regional Victoria rather, is already at that. And metro Melbourne's not going to be too far behind. So I think that as we start to progress out of this and as we start to you know look at what our new normal is or our post-covid normal however you kind of want to look at it I think there's kind of 10 points to just that I want to take forward with me and that I want to be aware of and have some understanding of and do a bit of self-reflection on because you know things probably aren't going to go back to normal straight away and if they do, they might not still feel normal because it has been such a long period of time. And so here are kind of, you know, the the 10, I don't want to say 10 commandments because that feels wrong, but the 10 kind of points that I want myself and hopefully you guys to kind of take with us as we progress into stage two and then stage three and then, you know, stage four, whatever that looks like. And then hopefully a life out of this where we can kind of go back to normal. Uh, the first thing is, is literally just acknowledging that things are rocky and they've been rocky and they're going to be rocky and that's okay. We don't want to be going out there expecting instant stability, things to instantly go back to the way that they were. And I don't think anyone's doing that, but I also don't think that we fully grasp just how different life is going to be. You know, we get so wound up looking at what all the other states are doing that we're not actually seeing their COVID normal and the implications that are still in place in in those states and and territories and you know even our neighbors across the ditch in New Zealand like we're, we're not seeing what that actually looks like for them plans that we had made that were meant to happen holidays were meant to have gone on places were meant to have seen people were meant to have seen all of those things aren't going to come back instantly you know we can't all of a sudden go on that Europe holiday that we had planned or go and see that, that theatre play that we're meant to see. Like all of those things have changed. And I think we need to carry with us the acknowledgement that things are going to be different going forward and giving ourselves space to be unhappy about that. Like there's no point wallowing in the unhappiness or staying there, but we also need to acknowledge and honour how we feel as well. And if you feel sad, if you feel unhappy, if you feel uncertain, if you're not sure what your new normal is going to be and you're really anxious about that, that's okay. Like it's okay to feel like that. And I want you to not beat yourself up about it. I want you to give yourself permission to feel that way because it's really important that we honor how we feel right now because battling ourselves is hard enough, let alone feeling guilty or feeling wrong for feeling the things that we feel. So if you're worried about how rocky things are going to be, or you've got some insight on how rocky things are going to be, give yourself permission to sit with that and to be okay with that because we're all in the same position. We're all struggling and it is, it's going to be really, really tricky. I think the second thing for me is to be okay if you haven't achieved anything. If you haven't learned how to bake sourdough, you haven't lost 10 kilos, you haven't learned a new language, you haven't ticked anything off your ISO to-do list that we all made right way back when this all started. You're not going to be the only one. I know that, you know, 
I had all these grand plans. I was going to learn a new language. I've been toying with the idea of learning a new language for years. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be my chance. I'm going to be at home. I can do this. And then I downloaded an app. I think I listened to maybe 20 minutes of the session and that was it. It literally didn't go beyond there or go any further than that. And it just, it just didn't happen. Like, you know, I, I didn't have the energy to put into it. I was distracted by other things. You know, I didn't lose any weight in ISO. I was going to get my fitness back. I was going to lose weight. I was going to have all these amazing habits. I was going to get up in the morning and go for a walk every day. And it just, it just hasn't happened. And if you're sitting in the same boat where those things haven't happened, you haven't had the capacity, again, be okay with that. Like be okay with the fact that you haven't ticked those things off your list. Don't let social media or what you see someone else achieving make you think that you should have achieved things as well. Because, you know, the the truth with social media is that you only see so much and yep, maybe they have completely killed it and learnt this new skill, learnt these new languages, their fitness is at an all-time high and that's amazing, you know, be so happy for them but if that's not you, don't be sad for yourself, don't be unhappy with yourself or beat yourself up if you haven't had the chance to do that because again, coming back to my earlier point, it's a trauma response, we're exhausted, we've maxed our emotional and our mental capacity four months ago and so if you're sitting here with a huge to-do list of things that you never got to do, scrunch it up, throw it in the bin, set it on fire, I don't know, do what you need to do with it, but just be okay with the fact that you haven't achieved those things because most of us haven't. The third thing is really focused on coming out of COVID and coming out of isolation. So, um, you know, I think it's probably not as applicable if you're living in another state, but maybe it is, maybe you're still kind of sitting in that space. But I think it's just about acknowledging the fact again it's probably going to take a while to get back into your routine and to not just think that if restrictions lift on a Sunday that by Monday things are going to go back to normal your gym might not open up in the same capacity you might not be able to go back to your sport the way that you ordinarily would the shopping centers restaurants pubs bars clubs all those kind of things aren't going to open up instantly there's going to be restrictions there's going to be social distancing measures we're still going to be wearing masks you know we're still going to have to have capacity limits in places that we go all those kinds of things so don't hold yourself to any huge level of accountability or huge level of expectation that the minute that restrictions are over or have lessened to the next step that you're instantly going to go back to the way that things were I want you to have a plan write down what you want to achieve, what's reasonable to achieve, you know, what you would like to achieve, but give yourself a bit of a grace period as well, because you can't just go from six months of, you know, the state that we've been living in to instantly back in routine, killing the game, doing so well, like on our shit. If you're one of those people that can, please teach me your secrets. I want to know what your secrets are. That's amazing. Um, But I know that I'm definitely not one of those people and it's going to take me a couple of weeks to get back into the swing of things and get back into a bit of a routine. And I'm already prepping myself for that. I'm already giving myself permission to take time because I know that I'm going to need that time. I think the fourth thing, it's kind of in the same vein, but for me, it's a little bit differently. And it's it's okay to feel anxiety about returning to normal. And I say normal with quotation marks because I think that we really have no idea what a new normal is going to look like. We really don't know what to expect from ourselves, from our workplaces, from our health officials, from our government, from anything. And so there's so much uncertainty 
that if you are feeling anxiety about what it's going to look like, that's okay. And I know that I've been speaking to a couple of people about the expectations that others put on them when things are back, you know, to be able to go and see everyone, to be able to go out and do all the things, to make up for all the celebrations that weren't able to kind of go ahead, you know, during COVID. And if that's where you're sitting, that's okay. It's okay to be anxious about that. It's okay to be weary about what that looks like. It's okay to already be feeling exhausted by what's expected of you considering you're already feeling so exhausted. And I think, you know, we need to put some really strong barriers in place and some really strong kind of priorities around what it is that we are going to do when things open back up and what we're not going to do when things back up. And the first thing that I know that I'm going to do is I'm going to get a hold of that anxiety and make sure that I'm not putting unreasonable expectations on myself of what I'm going to achieve when things return back to normal. The fifth thing for me, again, you know, there's obviously going to be some links between these things, but the fifth thing for me is setting strong boundaries. And it's not just boundaries with your friends or your family, but it's also boundaries with yourself as well. You know, I know that the social calendars are going to completely open the floodgates when things go back. But if you need to hold strong barriers and boundaries, then that's what you need to do. If you need to set limits around who you're going to see, why you're going to see those people, why you're not going to see those people, where you're going to go, where you're going to put yourselves, where you're going to put your family. It's okay to have those boundaries and it's okay to have those limits and it's okay to be really strict on them too. There's nothing wrong or not okay with having really strict boundaries in place that you want to adhere to. Maybe you don't want to instantly go back to the playground with your kids because you're worried about what that might expose them to that's okay. Maybe you don't want to instantly go back to pubs and clubs because your alcohol consumption has significantly increased COVID and you just don't want to be in a social situation where you have to do that more. And that's okay. Maybe you don't want to instantly go back to the gym because you're worried about where your fitness is at right now. And that's okay as well. Like depending on what those boundaries are that you set in place, it's okay to honor them. I don't want you to sit with them forever. We need to understand what those boundaries mean for us, where they come from, what they're driven by, and then make plans to be able to either adjust our expectations um, or remove those things from our life where they're no longer required. But I also just want us to make sure that we do have really clear boundaries. You know, I've got a friend who is friends with the world. Everyone loves her. Everyone wants to see her. And, you know, she's expressed to me that she's worried about what happens when things open back up again. And this expectation that people put on her for everyone to go see her or for her to go and see everyone. And, you know, I know that for me personally, pre this happening, I was in the gym every second day. I was playing netball all the time. And I I already have these expectations of myself that I'm instantly going to go back to that. And, you know, for the risk of injury, for the risk of hurting myself, I'm already putting boundaries in place around what that's going to look like for me and what I'm going to allow myself to do and allow myself not to do so that I don't put myself at risk of harm or at risk of injury. So the sixth thing really kind of nicely flows into that as well and it's being okay with your body composition, your weight or your strength to have changed. If you've put on a bit of weight, amazing. If you've lost a bit of weight, amazing. If your fitness has dropped, amazing. If your fitness has increased, amazing. And the reason I use the adjective amazing is because that's what your body needed. That's how you needed to respond to the situation that you were in. Maybe you sought food and comfort. Maybe you baked delicious sourdough. Maybe you had smashed avo on toast every single day. 
maybe you took comfort in running so you ran you know every night for your one hour or your two hours that you were allowed out and now you can run 10ks like whatever it was that you needed to do to get through this that's okay and whatever negative impacts there has been will be fixed or will be broken down or will be reversed or whatever it is that needs to happen so if you have lost muscle definition that's okay you've done it before you're going to get it back if you have put on weight, that's okay. You can lose it again. If you have decreased your fitness, that's okay. It's going to get built back up again. And I want you to to not beat yourself up for that. I know that I personally have put on 15 kilos during COVID. And, you know, I could be incredibly upset about that. I could be incredibly sad about that. But I also know that that does nothing. I'm putting myself in that negative headspace of beating myself up for things that were in my control, but were also out of my control. It's not going to achieve anything and it's not going to make me feel any better. So all I can do is acknowledge it, I can honour it, and then I can make plans to kind of fix it. And I want you to do the same for you as well if you're in the same position. Be okay with what's happened. And if you can't be okay with what's happened, at least don't beat yourself up for it because, you know, no one is to blame for the way that they've responded during COVID. I think the seventh thing for me is about relationships and how much they may have changed, whether that's with your family, whether that's with your friends, whether that's with your significant other. I think one of the silver linings that's come from COVID, at least for me, is who I input my energy into and who I don't and who was superficial and who was genuine. And I know that, you know, when you're surrounded by a lot of people, you can forget what value those people bring to you and, and, and what value you bring to them as well. And when you're so busy, you know, in normal life, it can get really easy to forget who is genuine and who isn't and what value and what worth people bring to you. And I think that when COVID hit, I very quickly realized who were the people that were checking in on me, who were the people that I was checking in on, who were the people that I was really genuinely missing and who were the people that I wasn't missing all that much. And I think what it's taught me is that there are definitely relationships that I appreciate and I value. And then there are relationships that I genuinely cannot see myself without. And if you're sitting here listening to this right now being like, yeah, you know what, actually, that is the case. And I do have friendships that I haven't really missed because I haven't missed the drama or I haven't missed the backhanded insults or the backhanded compliments. I haven't missed that uneasy feeling that I get when I'm with that particular group of people. This is a great time and it's a great, I guess, excuse if you want to call it that, to really be able to separate ourselves from people that don't bring value or who don't lift us up. You know, we are all going to need as much support as we possibly can when we go back to our new normal and we want to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves with people who do lift us up and do make us feel better. I think the eighth thing is probably one of the things that I found the most surprising actually is how much self-care has changed for me and what I uh, sought comfort in pre-COVID versus what I think I'm going to seek comfort in post-COVID and I know that previously self-care for me was going to the gym, spending time with my friends, it was being out and about, they were the things that made me feel good and when they were taken away from me I at first I spiraled and I didn't really know what to do without my normal avenues of self-care but in the six months I've really developed new ways of looking after myself and having that self-care and if you're someone that's done the same don't be surprised if when things go back to normal that you're still leaning into those same measures you know for me self-reflection has never been more important than what it has been now Um, Each day I try and take a moment to reflect on genuinely how I'm feeling. What are my emotions telling me today? 
are they negative are they positive can I change them can I influence them is there a reason that I'm feeling like this is there something very easily within my control that could kind of fix that where previously I probably I probably didn't do any self-reflection no that's not true I probably didn't do enough self-reflection to really kind of honor my feelings pay attention to what was influencing them what my triggers were whereas in COVID I've really had the opportunity to kind of stop think reflect pay attention to what those things are and I hope that going forward when we are back to a new normal that I don't fall into old patterns and I really take the time to continue with that self-reflection because you know when we self-reflect that's when we get to grow as people and I think a lot of us are in the position where we've, we've had a lot of personal growth a lot of emotional growth during this time forced upon us or not um, but I hope that that self-reflection is something that continues for me and if you've picked up something that you found really helpful during isolation that works for you that makes you feel better you know I hope that it also continues for you as well the ninth thing is something I really struggle with but I want to talk about it because I struggle with it and it's acknowledging that it's okay to be envious it's okay to see your friends and your family and your your mates in other states and other countries that are doing okay and are doing the things you want to do and if you're someone who is feeling envious and is feeling jealousy and you know isn't as happy for them as you ordinarily would be, that's okay. It's not okay long term. Um, you know, and jealousy and envy are definitely not feelings that you want to sit with on a regular basis. But if you're watching Insta stories on a weekend or Snapchat stories or, you know, posts and things that have been put up on social media and you're like, oh God, I wish that was me right now. And, you know, I hate that they've got the opportunity to do that. That's okay. It's okay to feel like that. It's not okay to live there. It's not okay to keep feeling like that. But it's so important to acknowledge that how you feel is valid. And I I see a lot of posts on social media and a lot of posts on Facebook and even podcast entries where they're like, you know, you should feel grateful. You should look forward to that. You should be happy for them. And you should. 100% you should. You should think about what it's going to feel like for you when you get to do that. And you should be happy that they're in a position where their health isn't at risk and they can do that. You definitely should be happy. But also give yourself permission to not be happy for them. Just don't live there. Visit, open the door, acknowledge how you feel, but don't stay and dwell. Because I think that's where the problem becomes when you stay and you dwell and you live there for longer than you need to. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge how you feel. Allow yourself to feel a little bit of envy. Allow yourself to feel a little bit of jealousy. And then flip that. Flip that narrative and make it more about... How good am I going to feel when that's me? How good am I going to feel when I get to do that? How awesome is it going to be for my friends and family to know that I can do that? How awesome is it going to be when I can go into state or I can go overseas and I can visit these people? So don't live in the negativity, but appreciate the negativity and give validation to your feeling. Because I think that when we say, oh, don't feel like that, you need to be, you need to think of what it's going to be like, it kind of invalidates how we feel and that can make us feel even worse. Like we're wrong for thinking what we think and what we feel. And the reality is, is again, it's okay to feel how you're feeling and it's okay to think how you're thinking. Just don't live there for too long. And if you find yourself living there for too long, that's where I want you to reach out reach out to your friends, reach out to your family, reach out to your significant other, whoever it is that you can rely on, reach out and talk about how it is that you're feeling so that you don't live there any longer than you need to. And I think for me, the 10th and I guess final point um, is honor how you're feeling, how shit things are, that it's okay to not be okay, that you should be okay with not being okay, that you 
have gone through an incredibly traumatic experience. You have been isolated. You have been separated. Your life has completely changed. Your society has completely changed. Your country has completely changed. There's so much that we could never have imagined that would have been like this. So I want you to give yourself permission to not always be happy, to not always be optimistic, to not always be joyful. You know, I'm someone who lives with optimism. I'm a very optimistic person. And as my optimism started to wane and as it started to turn into pessimism and negativity, I really struggled with my own self-identity in that space because I felt like I wasn't being true to me, like I was, I was, I don't know, something was wrong with me. But the reality is, is that it's so, it's so important to understand that it's okay to feel the way that we're feeling. If you find that things have been prolonged and if you find that you're not able to get out of that headspace or do that inner reflection, I want you to reach out to your GP. The government have extended the mental health care plan option. So now you, instead of being entitled to 10 rebated sessions uh, with a psychologist under a mental health care plan that you can get from your GP, we're now entitled to 20 sessions rebated. I think it's important, again, to acknowledge how you're feeling, honour how you're feeling, give validation to those emotions, but don't live there for too long. And if you're worried that you've been living there for too long or you're worried that coming out of ISO, you're not in a headspace where you think you're going to be okay, I want you to reach out to your GP and book in to have a mental health consultation. You know, it's 2020. Having a counsellor, having a therapist is what we all do. It's what we all should be doing. I'm always weary of people who don't believe in that side of things in 2020 because I think it's so important that we all acknowledge you know the the part that mental health plays and that correct mental health support and self-care is just so imperative to our own self-worth and our own self-being and our emotional regulation and our emotional capacity so honor how you feel honor how this has impacted you acknowledge your losses acknowledge the things that haven't been able to happen this year grieve it even because reality is is that you have lost something so if you were meant to get married have a baby shower share your first baby with your friends and your family go overseas on a holiday get a new job finish uni have your graduation all those types of things if those were the things that were meant to happen for you this year and they haven't because COVID has taken that away grieve it grieve those those moments grieve those opportunities grieve the validation and you know the enjoyment that they would have given you but don't live there for too long. I know that talking about self-care and talking about reflections and um, you know reflecting inwards and being mindful and doing all those things can probably come across as a little bit new agey but the reason that it's so popular is because it does work and if you're someone who maybe hasn't looked into that you know when I talk about um, meditation I don't, for me, I can't sit there and empty my brain and not think about things. That just doesn't, that just doesn't work for me. Um, But what I can do is I can sit in the sunshine, listen to my favorite songs, listen to my favorite podcast, go for a walk around the block. I can reflect on how I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, how my own self-narrative has possibly impacted situations that I've been in this week all those kinds of things. So the things that I can do and they're the things that I, you know, try and support others to do and I I want to support you guys to do the same thing. I want you to make a list of the things that make you feel good and do at least one of them every day. Make a list of the people that make you feel good and touch base with them at least once a day. I want you to 
acknowledge how you're feeling, that this is a crappy situation, but also give yourself permission to get yourself out of that funk. There are so many things that we can do to make ourselves feel better. And I think it's really important that we give ourselves permission every day to do those things. It's not a bad thing to seek self-comfort. It's not a bad thing to want to make yourself feel better. It's not a bad thing to take time away, even if it is just two minutes from your friends, from your family, from your kids, from your husband, whoever it might be. It's not a bad thing to just take a couple of minutes to check in with yourself How am I feeling today? How do I improve my mood? What do I need to do to make things better? What have I done to look after myself today? So I want to leave the podcast here because I've been talking for almost 40 minutes now. Whilst I could keep talking about this forever because I'm so passionate about it. I think that it's just so important that we acknowledge how we feel. We acknowledge how others are feeling. We don't put unnecessary expectations on ourselves and that we really honor the space that we're in right now because it's not a fun space. It's not a great, you know, growing space Um, and it's definitely not something that we all want to be in. If you've made it this far, I really want to thank you for listening to episode one of the Space She Takes podcast. If you haven't already, head over to Instagram and give the page a follow. It's at thespacesshetakes.podcast. I'm going to be posting things there. I will write when there's new episodes up. I'm going to be putting an episode up every week. I want to have some guest speakers. If you want to be a guest speaker, if you want to come hang out with me on the podcast, send me a message. I'm more than happy to have a chat about that. I really want to engage with you guys and what is that you kind of want to hear from me as well as kind of obviously put my own thoughts and my own opinions forward. I think it's really important that we all have a space where we can be ourselves you know, have someone who sounds like us, talks like us, feels like us, validates how we feel and that that we're not the only ones that feel like that. Thank you so much for tuning into episode one. If you could share this with your friends, share it with your family, post it on your social media, post it on your Instagram stories, give the Instagram a huge thumbs up. That'd be really, really great. Thank you so much for listening and I will speak to you guys next week.